The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. I'm Benita Robledo. And I'm Tiffany Polly Moon. And this is the One Power Channeling Hour, where we talk all things Wheel of Time. Welcome to the One Power Channeling Hour. We're excited to have you back as part of our reread for The Great Hunt. And this week we are doing chapters, what are we doing? Three through seven? <laughs> Four? No, no, we already did those. <laughs> what chapters are we doing? We're doing eight, nine, and ten. We're doing eight, nine, and ten. Welcome. <laughs> I did read them, I promise. Sure, sure. Well, she has read them like 85 <laughs> times, so I think that counts. I could wing it. No, but I would never. I love them. Um, yeah, really excited to have y'all here. Really excited to talk about these chapters. But before we get to the chapters and the news, I wanted to ask you a question, Tiffany, that's been bugging me Uh-oh. since our last recording. Okay. Last last time we recorded, you kept saying my highlights, like, oh, the things I highlighted. Oh, yeah. Do you actually highlight in your books? Well, I do, but because I don't use, like I don't have physical books, right? Oh, okay. I still just am reading them on Apple iBooks. Okay. Because I was, I was going to say you're a monster. <laughs> no, no, no. Although okay. I keep, okay, well, because here's my thing. I wanted to get um, the physical books, like for mm-hmm. our rereads. But now yeah. the only ones that are in the stores are the ones with like the big, like now an Amazon TV okay, show, yeah, which yeah. I'm like. No, you got to. You got to buy them secondhand. Yeah. I just haven't done Let me that tell you, yet. Thrift Books is fantastic. Okay. Abe Books is great. Okay. Um, also eBay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I actually, I, I, I lost some of my um, hardcovers in a move. And so I went to like rebuy them, like repurchase them. Mm-hmm. for the third time which is just annoying but um i my copy of great hunt is actually a first edition what yeah wow like before yeah it's a first edition so i'm like well shit i can't read that one i have to get another <laughs> one i have to just leave that um and i just got it for like ten dollars on ebay or something like nobody like it wasn't like, they weren't marketing it as, like, that's what it was. So I thought I was just getting, like, a whatever copy. That's cool. Anyway, so you never know what little treasures you get on eBay. I'm very glad to know that you don't highlight in your books because I was truly horrified. <laughs> that's very funny. Um, but, you know, it's very, like, so I came to this realization recently um, because, like, you know, I'm doing a lot of soul searching right now and like trying to figure out like what I want to do in life, blah, 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 blah. And I realized I said and I somewhere, somewhere when we talked about this, that I would be blue Aja. And I don't think that's true. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I, I think I'm actually brown Aja. Listen, I love the brown. Yeah. I love the brown. Yeah knowledge above all else yeah and i think in our reread and like getting to know Varen again for the like uh you know in her first time like yeah that's definitely like me like i just really like if i could just be like a student for the rest of my life that's like what i would do uh which part of me is like okay maybe i'll go get my phd and then at least like i can like just be like a 
professor. I'll just be in the learning arts for the oh, rest of my life. Oh, love that. But, I, you know, but also, like, uh, as a dramaturg, like, all I do is, like, research, you know? So yeah. it's like, okay, so that that is kind of my show. thing. I think I am brown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that neither of us is blue. No. We think. love moraine, but I would be a yellow because I just want to take care of everybody all the time. That is sweet. I would never be a yellow because that's like... <laughs> Like no, thank you. Too much blood. Uh. Yeah, a lot of blood. Yeah, I don't mind blood. I mean, you know, not in like a weird way. Look, like, the the yellows are great. Nynaeve, hello, hello, yeah, hello, yeah. Well, should we get to the massive amounts of news? Oh, are there massive amounts of news? There are week? not massive amounts. Of news. No, there's, I literally found one thing. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, is somebody's joining the cast. Mm. Um, he's an actor and artist. His name is Stuart Kenneth Moore. Okay. And in an interview with the Press and Journal, he said that he filmed a role for season two, episode five of The Wheel of Time. He didn't say who the character was, but the role involved riding a black horse through a Czech forest in the cold midnight air. And it was supposed to be a fairly memorable scene. Hmm. Okay. Is he a Merdral? I don't know. That, that was the first thing I thought. <laughs> um, I'm like, who else is going to ride a black horse? Well, I mean, Lan does, but Lan's well, cast. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're replacing Lan. Oh my gosh. He that's to how go they're going to get around. Minds. Yeah, I was going to say, that's how they're getting around the criminal minds. <laughs> oh. No, that's interesting. Okay, so now when our reread, we're going to have to pay attention to somebody else who maybe rides a black horse for one scene. If they're even chasing something from the book. Oh, right, exactly. I don't know. Honestly, that's why I'm over the news because it's so fucking cryptic and you can't even figure it out because, like, who knows what the fuck these people are doing? Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> well, we're just going to have to keep combing for other actors with one scenes to try to piece together what yeah. is going to be happening in season two which is so far away it's still an entire year away i cannot believe it so that's all the news i could find well they're finishing up filming um it, it's just like a lot of yes swan will be back elaine will be in you know what i mean it's just like a lot of the, the, the same yeah well, I'm still like, as I'm reading, rereading, I'm still trying to figure out like how they're going to do season, like book two and book three storylines at the same time. I don't know. Cause, uh, yeah. because they can very easily just like, if they can find a way, if they can figure out a way to get Matt back, they can like, you know, back with the gang. Mm -hmm. Then they can like very easily do this. Um, but they've already, like, changed all of how that works, right? Like, he's supposed to never be near the, the knife again, according to our book lore. Or, I mean, our, our TV series. Like, you know, instead of saying that they need the dagger, like they do many times in, in the books, like, right, he has right. to have it to be severed completely. Moraine right. was just able to, like, Kind of put a band-aid on it. Yeah, but also, but it's the opposite. It's like, he can never go near the knife again. Oh, oh, you're saying in the show. Yeah, in the show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So... In fact, they don't need him on this big hunt to go get it back because they're like, no, keep well, him away from it as, as much as possible. No, I think that they could still use that to get him 
to I think they could still use that because he still craves it. Right. He, he just can't actually be near it. So he could help lead hmm. the hunt, maybe? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's yeah, it'll just be interesting to be see back. like how they get them I, all back together. Do you think he's going to come back right away? Like, do you think Matt will be in the first episode? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. No matter what he's doing, no matter what storyline they've made up for him, I'm sure he'll be right. in the first episode. Here's my question. I, well, you've I've already asked this and you've already answered it. I'm like, how are they going to just be like, totally different person? They just ignore it. Yeah, you just ignore it. Mm-hmm. So many shows have done that in the past. I I, I, I have. And, That's and true. we're like a year and a half away. <laughs> you That's know what true. I mean? We're That's all going to forget what original Matt looked like anyway by the time we yeah, see yeah, new yeah. Matt. That's so. true. That's true. Um, yeah, that I'm not worried about. I just want them to like get him back to where he should be in the story. Yeah, I think they can do it. I think, I don't think it's a, a far stretch that he will be used to find the dagger. And mm-hmm. like that will be part of the danger is that, but he can't actually get near it or he can't actually get his hands on it. I think, I think they'll just heighten the stakes that way, which yeah. I guess is fine. Yeah. Because he's not, well, yeah. But anyway, I'd like to see them get all of them back together so they can Me all too. go on this hunt together. Yes. But. Oh, oh, there was there was one other speculation that Elaine will also be Tavarin. So basically, oh my god, is everybody Tavarin? <laughs> Jesus, I know. So basically, it's just like all of our main characters are Tavarin. I mean, okay, uh, it's like it's annoying, but it's also like. Yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense because, like, yeah, they all play such important roles in the books. It it is like they the women too were like Tavarin, and it almost seems yeah. unfair that just the boys were like, oh no, we're the actual Tavarin. And you're like, really? I, I mean, but Egwene and Nynaeve and and Elaine, they're they're all shaping the story as well, right? But then is it also going to be Avienda and Min? I mean, they're all part of it, as Min says. They all have the, like, sparkly stars and darkness right. around them. Right. I don't know. So. Um, or I don't know. I, it's it's weird. It just but feels it does, like it cheapens it. Yeah, it That's feels a little diluted is it, I, what it feels like. Yeah, because I do think that um, I, I agree that they're, you know, they're all really, really, really important. But it just you know now all of a sudden you go from having three Tavarin in one town to five Tavarin in one town and then it just it just feels is Nynaeve Tavarin though Nynaeve is not Tavarin yes she is I I think they say she is they just think she might be the dragon reborn don't they only say there's four there's four Tavarin I don't know I can't remember here's the thing I think it cheapens it and makes it less potent. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird concept, but it does always like how how really is the pattern? Well, I guess it does. I was going to say how really does the pattern shape itself around Perrin, but I guess it does. Yeah. You know. Plus, you have to think that it's not only that the pattern shapes itself around these people, but that these people are pulled to their destiny in the pattern, right? So they have less control over their lives than the average person mm-hmm. because they're needed to form these to to do these specific tasks. So 
it just sort of again feels cheap yeah that's to me that's really like oh so none of these other people had any choices as opposed to you know they are also being pulled along and that they're they're and i think the other the other distinction that you could really make in the books is that you see rand perrin and matt do not want their fates right right? all three of them are constantly fighting against their fates where the women are all like fuck yeah what do i have to do and they do what needs to be done without being pushed yeah i think that's an interesting distinction that is interesting i just thought of that right now i love it i love it i love you i love everything you just said i'm like yeah that makes total (laughs) sense yeah I mean, Nynaeve's a little resistant. She is. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But, you know, Egwene's <laughs> like, yes, where? What am I going to, yeah. like, what do I have to do? Who do I have yeah. to murder? No, she doesn't want to murder people, but you know what I mean. Yeah. She's, uh, like, gung-ho, ready to go. I mean, I guess Avienda, too, kind of doesn't want her fate. But but they all they all do it, right? Like, they don't yeah. hem and haw and the bitch and moan the way our three Tavarin do. And I think and I think that's a perfect example of, like, the, the difference in being Tavarin is, like, it doesn't matter that you don't want these things. Mm-hmm. It's still going to happen because the pattern needs you to do them. Right. I think it's so. maybe, like, also, you know, in the TV show, they've kind of diluted the prophecies a lot. Yeah. yeah but, like... Yeah. You know, in addition to being Tavarin, those are the three boys are the ones that are like mentioned specifically in the prophecies as having mm, like mm-hmm, needed mm-hmm, to be there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you know, the show's basically thrown away the prophecies by saying that there's so many of them and we don't know which one are true. <sighs> you know, and then replace that with apparently making everybody Tavarin a concept <laughs> that they did not com- like even tell us what that meant until the very last show of the first season yeah so either the they don't think it's very important or i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that thought but yeah yeah but i like the distinction that you made at least in our book characters like between our between our taverin and our our non-taverin but are still important people yeah yeah i think that's important yeah because they mention that so often in the books, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Tavarin don't have as much choice. And what's Loyal going to do if everybody's Tavarin? He's trying to, <laughs> he's going to follow everybody now. He can't be in that many places at once. I know. I know. That's oh, very true. Loyal. We love him. Me too. I just wish they would make him bigger. But anyway. And give him, give him the eyebrows and the ears. Yeah. yeah, but still, the actor did pretty good. I just he wish did. they made him I, better. I, bigger. I will. Not I better. will say that I didn't like him at first, but he definitely grew on me. So, mm-hmm. all right, should we get to our reread? Let's do it. All right, we're starting off with chapter eight: the Dragon Reborn. <gasps> so good. Okay. Go um. So our little symbol at the beginning of the chapter is the dragon's fang. Fang. Oh my god, it's not Fane. Fane isn't in this <laughs> chapter, but thank God. But his presence guy. is in, over casts a shadow over this entire book. So yes, 
<laughs> the dragon's fane is our symbol. Oh, good lord. Okay. Uh, we're in Ran's point of view when the chapter starts. Ran and Lan were continuing from the last chapter where they're walking down the halls towards the women quarters because Ran has been called to meet the Amaryllin Sea. They briefly see Inktar on his way, who on on their way. Oh my gosh, this is how this is gonna go tonight. <laughs> oh, good lord. Okay, I haven't apparently talked in days. Okay. Um, so they briefly see Ingtar when they're on their way, and Ingtar kind of looks at them like very puzzled, maybe troubled, but he doesn't say anything. Another Shinarian soldier named um, Cajun shouts out, Taishar Malkir, Taishar Manatharin, and uh, Rand is like, what? What? And then Lan replies, Taishar Shinar, but Rand is startled. Why did that guy say that to him? I think he forgets he has that little, like, uh, eagle pin on his side, on his sleeve, but whatever. Um, so Rand is still definitely itching to make a run for it, but Lan, he's maybe sensing that that's what he's feeling like, so he yells out, Cat crosses the courtyard, which snaps Rand into a state of relaxed readiness, and they continue on their way. Uh, Rand is still thinking over and over what's going to happen to him when he, uh, gets there, but, uh... Uh, also, he takes a moment to wonder about the women in the women's quarters. Like, were they looking for all of our boys or just for Rand? Now, when they get outside the Amarlin's chambers, Leanne is waiting for them, uh, along with a white sister and a yellow sister. Rand summons up the words that Lan gave him, and Leanne is surprised at how sure of himself he suddenly appears. Leanne enters the Amarlin's chambers to announce their arrival, which leaves Rand more time to spin out, wondering if he's about to be gentle. Leanne returns and announces, only Rand may enter. Lan whispers, Taishar Manathrin, and Rand is whisked in to see the Amarlin seat. Now, inside the chamber, Varen and Moraine wait with the Amarlin seat. Swan is dismayed at Rand's apparent uh, schooling from Lan. This will be difficult enough w- without him picking up water ways, she says. Swan notes the heron-marked blade, and Moraine gives us a bit of Tam's story, how he left the two rivers as a boy, joined the army of Ilion, serving in the White Cloak War and the last two wars with Tyr, and in a time rose to be a blade master and the second captain of the Companions. And after the Aiel War, he returned to the two rivers with a wife from Camelin and an infant boy. Moraine adds, it would have saved much had I known this earlier, but I know it now. Swan balks at the fact that he'd fought against Tyr, and asks Varen to run tests to see if the blade is authentic, to which Rand shows some backbone and says he will not give up the sword. Swan informs Rand that he can either leave with Ingtar, Matt, and Perrin to go find the dagger and the Horn of Velir, or he can stay in Faldara as a guest of Algamar. It's up to him. Moraine will be returning with the Amarlin to Tarvalin with Egwene and Nynaeve to begin their training. Rand decides that he will ride with Ingtar, and Swan immediately moves to the real motive of the conversation. So, Rand can channel, but what does he know? If he isn't trained properly, the power will kill him. But how can he train when the only men who could teach him have been dead for thousands of years? Rand uses the flame in the void and calmly asks, Why are you talking to me like this, mother? You should be gentle me. Swan is shocked. Did Land teach him this? Uh, she responds, because you are the Dragon Reborn. And Rand is rocked, but responds that no, he is not Rowlin Darkspain or Gwair Amalasan or Urien something. You get it. You get it. Go, girl. You got it. 
They can gentle him or kill him, but he will not be a tame false dragon on a Tarvalon leash. And Suwan is shocked. How does Rand know those names? Who told him that Tarvalon pulls the strings of any false dragons? And Rand responds, uh, my Gleeman friend, Tom Marilyn, but he is dead. But of course, we all know that it was Ishamayel that told him. Now, Swan doubles down. You are not a false dragon. You are the dragon reborn. To end the debate, Moraine steps in with the story of the Aiel War and Guitar's prophecy and the Carathian cycle to have all the evidence that Rand is, in fact, the dragon reborn. Rand protests. But are all Tam's feverish ramblings starting to make sense to him? It can't be. He crumbles to the ground as the reality begins to set in. He insists Balsamon is dead, and Swan laughs. Yeah, right. The Dark One lives, and he is breaking free. You will face the Dark One. It is your destiny. And Rand summons his pride, rises, and asks, what do they plan to do with him? Nothing, Swan says. You make accompany your friends and Ingtar. I've not marked you in any way. We have told no one that you are anything more than Taverin. Rand asks to leave, but not before having the last word. I will not be used. We can just talk a little about the little tiny, like, Moraine scene that comes a little after, right after yeah. this. So uh, the three are left in the chamber after Rand's left, and Swan is, like, completely shaken by what they have done. Uh, it was necessary, but did it work? Moraine doesn't know. But it was necessary, and Varen agrees, necessary. He's strong and stubborn. They may need to gentle him, but we cannot. The prophecies. Like, forgive us for losing him on the world. Moraine says afterwards they will gentle him. Or she puts it as do what they must. But for now, when he learns to channel, the light help us all. Ah, oh, Like, just the layers of stuff that that happen in this chapter, I just... I love the way Swan just, like, I'm making a motion that y'all can't see because you're listening. <laughs> but she just, like, slides it right in there. Well, you know, you're the dragonborn, so you can channel. Um, but I love the way they, like, play each other in this seed, right? Everybody has got – everyone's holding their, their cards real close to the chest. Um, and I, I – I, yeah, like the fact that like Rand summons the flame and void, you know, and the, he's just constantly making them second guess themselves. And what, you know, what does that mean? And meanwhile, you know, we have our eyes that I who are freaking the fuck out, but how, keep that eyes that I cool. It's just, it's thrilling. Yeah. I love that we learn so much in this chapter. Like, yeah, so much. And that, um, the flame in the void, I thought it was super interesting, like, when Swan reacted to the fact that he was able to, like, do that, and that she could tell that he did that. And he right, was well, like, how does he know how to do that? You know, who could possibly taught him? Yeah, well, because you think, right, like, he was shaking and quivering and angry and, like, super emotional, and then, boom, was mm -hmm. able to just drop all of that. If okay. only we all could master that. That's what I try to do with yoga every day. I did it earlier today. Really? Well, you know, it's like a similar thing, right? Like Robert Jordan was clearly like taking Eastern practice. Oh, no, I was just impressed that you do yoga every day. Oh. That was what that well, was about. I won't say every day, but I, I'm trying to. For you. Yeah. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Have you 
tried to do the cat crosses the courtyard. No. <laughs> you haven't? No, have you? Yeah, all the time. That's I've like tried funny. to see what that is. <laughs> well, no, it but what's funny is it like reminded me a lot of like body work that you do when yeah. you're an actor. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, that that reminds me of like uh yeah. you know what um yeah, where it's like you have a string coming out of the top of your head. Exactly. And you're just hanging from that. Yeah, like tall yeah. but loose. Mm-hmm. Um, fun, fun fact. I have tried to, to do the cat crosses the courtyard uh, before auditions. Smart. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you got to um, You got to summon that void when you're about to go into an audition. Yeah, for sure. Be... I was never good at that. That's why I'm not an actor anymore. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got to be, you got to be chill. Um, but we can see you were sort of wondering last, last time we recorded if like Lan was kind of putting, putting Rand on a little bit, teaching him all that stuff. And we see that he was not. Well, except Land really like, was helping him. Yeah, but they never did like the drop three waters out of the class. Like that stuff. I was well, kind of like, come did... on, Land. Like, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> just because the conversation didn't go that way. Okay, maybe. But he was he was trying to help him. Yeah, Land's such a good, like, it's really interesting, like, how protective he is. Of, yeah. Like, about Rand, given that he's, like, been... You know, it's been his mission this whole time, too, to, like, find Rand, you know. Why do you think that is? Why do you think he's so protective of him? You know, uh... Because he's not that way with the other boys. No, I think it's because, I mean, well, okay, so Lan and Moraine originally get together, even though Lan was like, I will never be a warder, get me away from, like, Lan used to be very anti-Aes Sedai, but he and Moraine get together because they both have the same purpose, because... Lan as the king of Malkir mm-hmm. is like destined to die fighting the shadow. And I guess the dragon reborn then would be the greatest hope of defeating mm-hmm. the shadow. Um, and I suppose having traveled for 20 years with Moraine and seeing all the Aes Sedai politics up close, he's probably very skeptical of and he probably knows from Moraine like they probably have had many many discussions about like like yes me and Suwan are doing this but there's many other Aes Sedai who will immediately gentle him even if he is a yeah. dragon reborn so it's yeah. important to like protect him from the other Aes Sedai not necessarily Moraine um so yeah so I think like you know like Rand is the savior of the world, and that yeah. position is wrapped up in Land's destiny. So he's yeah. like, "Oh God, yeah. I got to get this like sheep herder into shape." Like yeah. you know, I think I wonder if he like feels bad for him too. That here's this like, oh yeah, here's this young boy essentially who knows nothing, and it's like the world is going to eat him up. Yeah, and I wonder to like land there's a little bit in land too that's like kind of avoiding his destiny right mm-hmm. because he won't claim the throne um so you know mm-hmm. i wonder if he also like identifies with that not wanting your destiny but having to face yeah. it type yeah, of thing could be. i don't know yeah that could be yeah i think it's a really beautiful it's a really beautiful relationship and i th- yeah, I also think maybe it's that like 
Lan maybe has a has a soft place in his heart for the underdog, right? The mm-hmm. the 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 one who has to face a larger force because, like like you said, like Malkier, like it was lost to the blight, and there's no way that it's ever coming back, right? So that kind of like lost cause, like he knows that he's probably going. He knows that Rand is probably going to die fighting the Dark One. So, like, at least you can fight it on your feet. Right. Yeah. And we'll see that a little later, too. Yeah. Uh, All right. So now we're with Nynaeve in the women's quarters. And she's listening to the wind. But something is wrong. Outside, the sun is shining and the birds are singing. But she feels a storm, huge and howling, but distant. It should be too off, far off for her to feel, but it feels like it's upon her. There is a storm, and there isn't. What does it mean? She sees Rand striding down the hallway after his visit with the Amerlincy, and thinking if there ever was a storm that wasn't a storm, he would be at the center. She follows him, but quickly loses him. Instead, she happens upon Lan, who's looking contemplatively outside and out of an arrow slit. It seems as though he is lost in thought enough that she may finally have success sneaking up on him. He turns and sees her and tells her that he's been trying to find time to speak to her alone. No easy task since she seems to always be in the women's quarters or in the company of others. She tells him that they have nothing more to say to one another. She already shamed herself and he told her to go away. He says he did not say that. He only told her that he had nothing to offer for a bride's prize but widow's clothes. And how could he do that? But now he will give her a gift, his signet ring. Should she ever need him, send it to him or send a message marked with it. And he will come without delay and without fail. She makes some half-hearted maybe attempts to like refuse it but he insists and calling her Mashara and saying he hopes they will have time to talk on the journey to Tarvalon he leaves still thrown by the encounter and for Lan calling her his like undying love or whatever that Mashara means lost love thank you lost love uh um realizes that Moraine is there how much has she heard Moraine stresses that they will be leaving soon, so make sure she's packed. Nynaeve tries to get info about Rand's visit to the Amerlin Sea, but Moraine is keeping her guessing, but does tell her that the boys will be leaving around the same time um, that they're leaving for Tarvalin to find the horn. Nynaeve, seeing all the preparations taking place in the courtyard below, scathingly tells Moraine that she should have gotten the boys away from her. Moraine chides her by saying she would never do that and that would mean sending Egwene to Tarvalin alone and more than that if she doesn't go to Tarvalin and become schooled in the power how will she ever be able to use it against her Nynaeve's shocked that she knows that but of course Nynaeve will be going with them Moraine leaves and Nynaeve vows revenge okay I really enjoyed Lan and and Nynaeve getting together in the show. Mm-hmm. But now doing the reread, I'm like, oh, I wish they would have drawn it out more because this, the like, <gasps> that sort of like pain and angst of like, will they, won't they, what does it mean? Ugh. Right. I love, love. But they're kind of doing that, but just with the fact that they've already had sex in the show. You know what I mean? 
Like they are definitely like, oh, but this isn't going any further than this. That's like that's kind of where that we are in the show okay. with them, right? All right. I mean, I guess I still feel like that kind of like that longing, like before before you actually like hook up with somebody or whatever, like is like that's I don't know. There, there's more like there. Yeah, I no, I agree with you. There, I mean, this is a really nice scene. Um, but can we talk about also? Sorry, you yeah, go on. Say. No, no, no. Can we talk about like? But Land is also fucking annoying because he's like, I can't give you this. I can't do this. But hey, let's chat on the way to Tarvalon. No, if you said no, then it's no. Leave me alone. No, but Let now it's kind of you. yes because here's my ring, and if you ever need anything, I will be there for you. Right, like that's. I don't know what you would call that, well, right? Like, what what kind of man? I don't what, know. What kind of, what he doesn't ki- it's know not how to be boy. in love. Well, he's like very like a player, right? Like, Lan is kind of a player in the. Yeah, but he like, but he's not playing with her. No, but he also doesn't know how to let her go. I'm like, look, if you're gonna let her go, let her go. Like, don't just like that's just that's unfair. It makes me mad at Lan. Well, Lan definitely doesn't know how to deal with women in a romantic way. That's for right. sure. Um, I always kind of wonder, though, like, what – I still don't understand what, like, drew them together. Especially, like, what does he see in her? Like, how did they get together? I don't understand. I don't know. That I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's some sort of – yeah, I hate that it happens off off screen or off book. I – oh, one other thing, I want to go back to the previous chapter real quick. Mm-hmm. I just, I said it last time. I want to say it again. Give me a spinoff of Tam's story. Oh, Make for sure. that story. Yeah, that'd be it's cool. Fucking cool. Okay. That would be really cool. Like, yeah, they're so, like, yeah, like, somebody should. Stop fucking butchering this show. Mm, stop butchering this Tell series. the stories that me. are only hinted at, like the history. Like, make yeah, a whole series about freaking the, dra- the actual dragon. Yeah. Give me Tam's story. Yeah. It's super interesting. Oh, anyway. also to Grain's story, like, would be yeah. attached to that, and that was super interesting, and we barely get any of that in the... Um, yeah, man. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have so much to bitch about. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I just... Ha- I just... I missed saying that in the last uh, last chapter. But back to Lan. Nice. Yeah, man. Just... I do like all the if character... You, if you let... Go ahead. You're gonna... I was just going to say, if the answer is no... Then leave her alone. Stop teasing her. Stop toying with her. Yeah. I mean, I don't but think we he's know, toying he's with her. He's not. We know they're just doing a will they, won't they, but they will because. I know. I love the will they, won't they. Yeah. But I do like a lot of the character stuff that we get with Nynaeve here. Like that deep call to like protect everyone yeah. and like that battle that she's having with herself about like, no, you're the wisdom. Are you the wisdom? You left. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um which I think that is great. And and I like her, like, insecurity when she's, like, thinking about Lan. Like, he's a king. What would he want in a village girl? He's also, oh, like, know. twice my age. Like, how would this ever work? It would never work. Um, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, anyway, but she just, like, loves him. You're still she like, why? Him. But, you know. I could see... I could see her loving him. Yeah, but I guess more I'm like, why out of all – so, like, Lance had, like, an entire life of, like, he's 50 or whatever, and he's, like, 
are all these women and never fallen yeah. in love with any of them. And then suddenly 25 year old naive is going to be like the one <laughs> like, he's going to fall in love with. Like, oh, dumb. That seems like also just a dumb trope oh, in our whole Jordan. society. Like, yeah. oh, the older man finally falls in love with the 20 year old, you know? Yeah, but I don't think like to a certain extent, I, I see what you're saying, but I also don't think naive is your typical 25 year old right like there's obviously something very very special about her yeah but she's also a pain in the ass like the entire time yeah lands a pain in the ass eh. i don't know i still don't get it like they do well the the, at least the way that Neve is in the books like she's just always like <laughs> and you get nothing else from naive except for yeah. that like the entire time until later on, and maybe in the later books, she starts to get yeah. a little better. But, like, up until this point, she's just been like, I'm the boss. Blah, 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 blah. You well, maybe maybe he finds that really interesting because everybody else just, like, bows down to the eye to eye. And she's like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, Look, that could be. Okay. I agree I'd with buy you. that. Nynaeve at this point is annoying. <laughs> but, like, she takes no shit. And I think he probably appreciates that. Mm. I get it. Here's what I don't get. Okay. Why does she want to get revenge on Moraine? Because, like, I don't agree with this. And I think it's, like, far too simplistic. This is part of my, like, problem with her character is this, like, very, like, easy revenge on Moraine. Like, there's just this inability to, like, see deeper into, like, what's actually going on in the world. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just, like, this... Yeah. Like, knee-jerk, like, I'm going to blame Moraine for the fact that we all had to leave the, the Emmons Field and just, like, completely ignoring, like, all the bigger powers at play. It makes no sense. That, it makes so no it's sense. like, yeah, yeah, this part's always really bothered me. And I think it really demeans Nynaeve's character to, like, not be able, like, she's supposed to be so smart and so strong. And that yet she can't, like, be like, oh, no, actually, it was probably better that... They, Maureen took them to protect them from Trollocs who were coming to evade our town to, like, get right. them and, like, you know. Well, I think that, like, we we could say that Nynaeve's biggest flaw as a person is her, her inability to self-reflect. Mm, yeah. Right? So I guess this shows so that. So that's something that's interesting, too. Like, maybe she vows revenge on moraine or maybe the reason that she really hates moraine is that because she hates that she has the power like the same ability you know what i mean so it's almost like a moraine is like mm. you know how like when you like kind of meet somebody and you don't like them because they, they remind you of the parts you don't like in yourself exactly yeah 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 so maybe yeah. that's what it is at uh, deep maybe. down that's definitely not in the text but we can maybe right. like Give her some subtext there. Yeah, we'll give her subtext. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm like, I this makes no sense to me. And doesn't she say, isn't it here where, where Marina's is like, you know, like the bond between a warder and Aes Sedai is like closer than anything? I don't think so. I don't no. remember that, though. JK. I always felt like Moraine really wasn't anti them getting together. Like no. she even like transfers her bond with him to make sure that Nynaeve will get it when she knows, like, she's gonna yeah. disappear for a while. Yeah, I mean, Or die, I, or whatever. I think that's what, right. I think that's what's... Uh, I don't know the word to use, but, like, Moraine... Moraine, like, 
doesn't give a shit about how much Nynaeve hates her. She's no, just like, okay. she's excited for Nynaeve's power. Like, Moraine's really, like, they need more Aes Sedai who are powerful. And Nynaeve's one of the most powerful that she's ever seen. And yeah. I think that, like, well, kind of supersedes any, like, personal drama yeah, between them. Well, well maybe, that's, maybe that's kind of what bothers Nynaeve, too. Because Moraine sees them all as as pieces right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. pieces to be played like mm-hmm. they're all pawns in this larger game like yeah she's excited about naive because naive is powerful and they need that not because of who not because of actual naive right like everybody is just there to be used because all Moraine cares about is her mission and that's what the you know and that's what the blues do right they only care about the mission to the exclusion right. of all else whereas naive I think is like no we're people like we're yeah. actual people yeah good point I think I just answered my own question <laughs> alright we love when that happens <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm having we a did have of, to like, do all of the writing for Robert Jordan to get there but I like our story <laughs> put us on the show <laughs> I like what we made up alright okay Let's- I feel like I'm having like some i feel like i'm having I'm, I'm having good insights tonight you're very you're like on you're very on i love it i feel like it um this chapter was like so long right by the way okay so yes. we're still in we're still in the dragon reborn chapter and now we're with Egwene. so Egwene is uh also in the woman's carter she's watching her packing being done for her she's a little uncomfortable watching others still do what she could do herself but uh, Nynaeve joins her and asks her if she's ready. Egwene is like, yes, wisdom. And uh, that prompts Nynaeve to be like, I don't think that you should call me wisdom any longer. From now on, we're two women. We're a long way from home. We may not see him home again for a very long time. It will just be better if you call me Nynaeve. So there's a knock on the door, and Nysura lets Egwene know that Rand has been causing trouble at the entrance to the women's quarters and is intent on seeing her. On their way to meet him, Nysura asks Egwene if she intends to marry him, given that she is going to become Aes Sedai, and very few Aes Sedai marry. Given the complications of their situation, Egwene simply says, I do not know. At the entrance, Algomar and Cajun are attempting to defuse the situation uh, by giving Rand all of the reasons that he can't go in and explaining to him all of the customs of Faldara that really Rand should probably have picked up on by now. But Rand's not really thinking about that. He is leaving soon and he has to see Egwene before they go. Egwene meets him and suggests that they walk away alone. She asks him about his visit to the Amerlin. Is he hurt? No, she didn't hurt him, but... What about you, Egwene? I thought you were dead when I saw you. Uh, And then they continue to talk and they have their like normal, irritated with each other, not really quite understanding what the other is trying to say banter. And uh, then he like slows down a little and he says, you have to become, uh, he says, I suppose I'll never see you again. You have to become Aes Sedai and I'm done with Aes Sedai. I would not be a puppet for them. Egwene's confused, but assures him that even she is going to become Aes Sedai, but when she does, she's going to find a way to help him. He says he wishes things were different, but they aren't. Take care and promise me you won't choose the red Aja. 
They embrace. She thinks she hears him murmur, I love you, as they embrace. And then he leaves quickly, leaving Egwene alone, near tears, with a wish that he will take care of himself. It's just sweet. Yeah. It's just sweet. You know, everybody's got their, like, first love. And when you say goodbye to that, it's bittersweet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot to say past that. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like a, I guess they're saying goodbye, but like, you know, it's not a real goodbye. (laughs) I mean, it feels like it, right? Like, yeah, I guess. Because we've read it. We know that it's not. Right. I suppose it's true. Uh, It is, it is, you know, they do have a lot of complications in there, but it also feels like kind of an easy goodbye for them. So, you know, it's still like, I'm still questioning how they're going to make this work in the tv show now that they've Wait. made them like so in love because they don't oh. they're not like really in love you know what i mean like they have this like like jealousy like a knee-jerk jealousy because they've been promised to each other like their whole lives and like right. and it is sweet they have like obviously some kind of relationship built on that but it's not like a true romantic relationship right, right. it's um, more it, it's a it's a closeness and a familiarity not right. really exactly they're kind of like okay well take care i guess i'll never see you again but yeah. you know take care i guess take care. <laughs> it's just like have a great summer yeah yeah so anyway clearly in the uh tv show they are much more in love oh and God. uh i think uh and so far they are they're, they're definitely doing that doing it in the show scandal um but anyway so i don't know i'm still like just very curious about how because this 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 Egwene rand like is just so innocent yeah and it's not yeah, innocent yeah, yeah. at all in the tv show so i'm still curious about well i'm very curious about a lot of things but i'm also very curious about how, how they're gonna be able to like solidly break up him and Egwene and like get us all on board for a him and a three women thing if that's what they're gonna go for yeah yeah how are we all okay with the three women anyway (laughs) at least in the way it's portrayed i'm not against polyamory if that's your thing i just want to make that clear but live your life you know this doesn't feel like healthy so anyway i guess i don't know who am i to say maybe it is healthy for all of them all right, I'm going to stop talking about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, let's go to chapter nine. <laughs> Leave takings. The symbol is the Oh my food. God, how are we only on the second chapter? I know. That I know. one is so long. Okay, that chapter, going. though, was like twice as long as these other two chapters, I'm pretty That's sure. True. So. That's true. Uh, there's a lot that had to happen to get them to be able to leave take, which is where we are now. Uh, symbol is the flame of Darvalin. So uh, we're in Rand's point of view first. Rand, he heads down to the bustling courtyard where everybody's getting ready to leave in the two different parties. So we have the Amerlin's party ready to leave and we getting ready to leave. And we have Ingtar's party getting ready to leave. And he has his saddlebags. And of course, he has the bundle carrying Tom's harp and flute. He finds his horse, Red, uh, hanging out with Ingtar's group, which makes sense. That's where Red should be. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know. I'm losing it. I'm losing it today. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So um, he swings into Red's saddle. 
to get ready to go because that's what we're doing. We're getting ready to leave. We're leave taking. We're taking. Uh, leave. Surprisingly, Loyal joins him, and Loyal's on a very, very big horse that makes all the other horses look small, but it still looks like a little pony because Loyal is very, very big. I'm just making that point. Okay. He says, I am definitely not giving up the chance to see history weave itself around to Varen. That's what Loyal says. Uh, Matt and Perrin ride up right behind Loyal, but things are still very cool among them after Rand's little performance in the storeroom earlier in this book. Rand tries to apologize, but they leave him behind without listening to him. Could it be because of his coat? Rand is definitely not wearing a coat for traveling. He's still wearing that fancy red coat, as Loyal pointed out. Uh, that's probably not helping him mend things with his friend who thinks that he's gotten a bit too big for his britches. But Rand is confident that his actual traveling coats are in some bags that have already been packed away. And he'll change when they get to where they're going. All right. So, uh... He also apologizes to Loyal, which, as we recall, he also did a big mean to in the storeroom. And Loyal takes it in stride. Loyal has a tendency to speak rashly, too. Lan appears and takes Rand aside for one last lesson, sheathing the sword. Mm. You have to know, he says, when you must sheathe the sword in your own body in order to achieve a goal that must be achieved at all costs. You'll know when it comes, when the price is worth the gain, and there's no other choice left to you. The Amarillan seat walks by, and Algamar is at her side, protesting her leaving so soon, and then Lan is gone. They watch Suan speak to a different warder, and then that warder gallops away on some unknown but clearly urgent task. Loyal comments that perhaps the warder is going to Almuth Plain to check out the rumors about the trouble there. But isn't that weird? Because the Aes Sedai are the ones who brought those rumors, so shouldn't she have sent somebody to check it out like a long time ago? Rand, of course, thinks of the ominous message on the prison wall. We will meet again on Toman Head. Loyal is like, humans, so rash, so unpredictable. Oh, oh, sorry, Rand. That's what I mean about speaking out of turn. And Rand is like, oh, oh, gear, if only we lived as long as you. And then the Amarillin seat approaches Ingtar to bless their mission and reveals its importance. The heroes are bound to the horn, not to the light. If the dark friends blow it, that will be disaster. So Rand suddenly feels, suddenly, suddenly, Rand feels the unseen watcher again in that moment. He looks to the archers in the balconies, trying to find wherever this gaze is coming from. And suddenly something flashes right by his face and hits a man walking just behind the Amarillin. It's an arrow. And in fact, the Amarillin herself seems to have been grazed. Algamar is mortified. He's failed to keep her safety. Swan, very no-nonsensely, tells him she's fine. And hints in a way an only Rand would pick up that she knows she wasn't the intended target. The poor man who was hit is dead. Leanne is upset. But Swan reminds her, you can't heal death. You can't heal death! You can't fucking heal death! All right, Sawan so gives a rousing send-off to Ingtar's party, and she says, Then ride! And off they go through the gates and out of Faldara. Outside the city walls, we learn Chengu and Nidao are gone. Unaccounted for among the living and the dead. Dark friends, then, presumably. The party is met by a plainclothes man, Huron, a sniffer. 
They like to keep him away from Aes Sedai because although what he does is not because of the power, it's still better safe than sorry. Huron can smell violence, and they will be able to use his ability to track the ones who took the horn. He will follow the Trollocs and the Halfmen, those have the strongest scent, as well as something even worse. Even worse. The light helped them. Surprisingly, his nose takes them to the south, away from the blight, proving the Amerlin right. I was a little confused by that because I don't remember the Amerlin thinking that they were going to go south, but maybe that happened off book. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that either. Yeah. So my biggest question as I was reading this was something you brought up, which is who is the Watcher? Right. Who's the Watcher? It's Balsamon, clearly. It's Shamayel. Do you think it's a Shamayel? No, I don't know, actually. And it's it, it's hard to say, but it it's is like so something that say. has to be like powerful enough that he feels them watching, right? Right. Well, because you you would you would propose maybe it was a gray man. So I was thinking about that, but I was like, I don't think it's a gray man yeah. because I don't think he would feel the eyes, right. and I don't think a gray man is powerful enough. But the whole purpose of a gray man is that you don't notice them. Ah, good point. That so how you wouldn't feel the eyes? Yeah, I'm fucking th- on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't know who it would be. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think it has to be. It would have to be like somebody. Well, it's probably not a. It can't be a merge all because they would definitely right. like know if a merge all is in the city. Um. So it would need to be like. I would say like. I don't know. I think it has it's to be one of the Forsaken. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I but think then you're it's, right. Yeah. But then it's like, Shamael's like powerful enough to like be there and know where he is, but not just like capture him. I don't know. Well, may- yeah. I don't know, but I can't think of, I can't think of who else. Oh. It would be, unless it's Lanfear. No. What? Wait, maybe it's um one of the guys that they wrote about on the wall. The one that's the archer. The one uh, in Ma. Oh, Luke. Luke, but like the other version of Luke. Right, right, right. Uh, Isam? Isam. Isam. Yeah. Maybe it's him. Oh. Because he's the one that's the, that's the guy who's like in all of Perrin's dreams killing all the wolves, right? Spoiler. Right. Sorry. That's fine. This show's just a bunch of spoilers. Yeah, I Maybe think. Maybe it's him. Because uh, he's like, they, he they live in yet? the blight. Well, they talk about him. They talk about them existing in the right. writing. So it could be him. I, but has he been brought on to this mission yet? I don't remember when he gets brought on. I mean, probably, because they're already talking about him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's more likely than a Shamael. I think that makes more sense. Yeah, because the archery. Yeah. It's the, the, that, yeah. And I guess he has, like, some, like, evil deal that might be strong enough for somebody to, like, Rand to be oh, able to feel super, that. Yeah, because he's, like, this weird hybrid person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's, like, lost. Because it's, it's, like, the other thing, too, is, like, every time you fully go into Telenrioid, you, like, lose a part of your soul. Right? Oh, right. That's part of the mm. thing. And he goes in and out all the time. Right. So, dude is just straight up evil. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. We should do some searching and see if anybody else agrees with us. I know. Yeah. Anyway, curious about that. Um, 
Also, I just thought the funniest part was when, like, Swan's just like, then ride, and then Inktar's like, okay, boom! <laughs> he's like, lean. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> oh, I loved it because it's so dramatic. I know, it's just hilarious, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think, um, so one thing that, like, I guess, just because I've read the the last books, more, re- you know, obviously more mm-hmm. recently than I had read these, uh, I forgot that, like, uh, Swan's Warder is still alive, and now I can't remember, like, ha- oh, yeah. what happens to him, and I'm wondering, is he the warder that, like, she sends out to, um, out on whatever this mission is, that they're, like talking about at the beginning of you know uh i think it's a different warder because i think her warder well because her warder gets killed when she's deposed duh okay yeah there's too many things that happen in these books so so many things but yeah that makes sense okay yeah because that's why she's like a fucking mess after after she's stilled well, one of the many reasons <laughs> well, for what happened to her. But right. yes, okay. Um, okay, thank you. That makes sense. Duh. Um, shall we move on to the next section? Let's do it. So interesting who uh, as point of view we are in now, Bail Doman, who we haven't seen since the Eye of the World when he, he uh, stops, right? The last time we see uh-huh. him, he, uh, the boys and Tom, uh, are on his ship, and then they're not on his ship anymore. <laughs> so, but we're in Ilion, which is where Baildoman is from. And the carnivals are in full swing leading up to the Great Hunt. Baildoman makes his way toward an inn to meet up with some men that he thinks may be trying to kill him. Easing the badger is what the inn's called, although nobody knows why. And as soon as he enters the common room, the innkeeper... Naida Sidoro, which I wrote down, even though I'm not sure if that matters at all in the future, uh, <laughs> points him towards a table of three Kyrianid men. When he sits at a different table, they join him, and they offer him a thousand gold pieces to bring an unknown person from Mayane to Ilion aboard the Spray, which is his riverboat. Uh, they give him 200 gold pieces and a sealed letter that he will uh, instruct him to give that letter to the dock master in Mayen when he uh, when he arrives there and the dock master will give him another 300 gold pieces and his passenger they warn him to not open that letter and be discreet Bale speculates uh, that perhaps this has something to do with the possibility of another war with Tyr and perhaps the first of Mayen is seeing, seeking the help of Ilian to assure uh, that her state stays separate from Tyr uh, after the Kyrianans leave, he uses a piece of the gold to buy drinks. It's a Tar Valen mark, it turns out. They all are. Not the best currency if you're trying to lay low. He is joined by Yarin, his second, who lets him know that another one of their crew, Karn, is dead. Three others have already been killed, and Bale is sure that Dark Friends are chasing him, and have been since he left Maradon. He tells Yarin to put the crew together. They'll leave as soon as there are enough on board to run the ship. On board, Yarn says, all but three have been found, but they should be back by first light. We leave now, Bale says, and not upriver, but to the sea. Yarn runs off to get them going. And Bale normally is up on deck for such tricky sailing, but he stays below for now. 
He uses his knife to open the seal of the parchment, and the letter states that the bearer of this is a dark friend, wanted in Kyrian for murder and other foul crimes, uh, with orders to seize his boat and possessions and kill him, signed by the king of Kyrian. Now confirm that these men, and others like him, uh, like them before, are indeed trying to kill him, he, and take his possessions, notably, Bale turns to complicate, contemplate, <laughs> and complicate, I don't know, uh, why they would want to steal his possessions. And indeed, he does have something that he bought in Meridon that he suspects may be the issue. It's a round piece of heartstone about the size of a man's palm with the ancient Aes Sedai symbol upon it. Yarin returns and says they are beyond the breakwater, and Bale instructs him to head to the Aerith Ocean and Toman Head, taking them as far away from the current danger that they possibly can. L-O-L. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love seeing Bale, always. I love him. Yeah. Even if it do be my aged grandmother. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is uh, so intriguing and just like, um, I love the the unexpected like weave in of a character that we met in the first book, but not for very mm-hmm. long. And then like you know, obviously Bale, in his own way, becomes important throughout the story. And, yeah, uh, he's just a fun character, like this smuggler who like really loves old things, and I like that about him. But my question is, uh, why didn't the dark friends just go after this shopkeeper that had the thing? Like, how? Why did they know that Bale? Like, why did had- they know Bale got yeah, it? Yeah, they didn't know that this shopkeeper had it. I don't know. My my bigger question is, why aren't they better at trying to trick him to go? <laughs> where they want them to go i know right like, like don't you read that yeah, letter yeah. just don't read it it's fine it doesn't say anything about you being a dark friend we promise it definitely doesn't say to kill you and take all your possessions like for sure it doesn't say that like that is just like the dumbest fucking scheme it really is i don't know poor robert jordan he has to come up with so many schemes they can't all be brilliant <laughs> that's true i just am always like I read that and I was like, that's stupid. Like, who would it? I don't know. Maybe because he's a smuggler. He's used to people giving him, like, shady shit. But. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like. It just seems seems real obvious. He keeps turning down people like this. And then now he's like, fuck, I got to figure out if these guys are trying to kill me or not. So he's like, fine. Give me your gold. And I'm going to go. And every time he turns him down. One of his crew member dies. Yeah. So I'm just like, come up with a better excuse. I mean, I guess the excuse is just, we'll keep killing your people. Yeah, good point. He has a little bit of a um, conscience, even though he's a dirty smuggler. Yeah, but he's like a smuggler with a heart of gold. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but great. Um, Glad to see him back. Yeah. Can't but wait just, to see. Can't believe he has a seal. One of the dark ones seals. Also, the, to tell Swan. the little ivory carving with the of the man with the sword is that a, a is that an Angriel? Saw Angriel? I think so. Yeah, Isn't that I Rams? mean, it sounds like Isn't is it? Well, that's what like? it sounds like. But that's of course, I, I can't remember like every detail of these stories. So I'm like, is that where Rand gets that? I don't know. Yeah, he well, we can just does. Google it real quick because um, 
I was just Googling, and it turns out that the Watcher was a gray man. Ingtar, Ingtar says that later when he confesses. Damn it. Well, like, I, totally I think remember. it's more fun that we're speculating without knowing everything or remembering yeah. everything. Well, we'll just we'll just keep speculating and then we'll look at it afterwards and be like, oh, we were wrong. It's okay. <laughs> it's more fun this way. It is. I can't believe, maybe I had it stuck in my head from my first read of the book that it was a gray man. That's why I thought that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were like, no, I really have this feeling. And I'm like, no, definitely not. Apparently, I'm not on tonight. <laughs> No, you're very on. It's just, it, there's so much in these books. How are you supposed to remember every oh, single detail? God. And every time you read it, it's like, look, it's like 14,000 pages of story. Yeah. By the time you get through all 14,000 and then go back to the beginning, it's like, you know, did you ever know the story? I don't know. I know. It's like every time you do it, you forget. Okay. So, so Bale's... Bales, whatever that he has, it's described as ivory, correct? Yeah. Okay, so it's not Rand's because Rand's fat little man, Angriel, um, is found in the Stone of Tear. Mm. And yeah, shaped like a little fat man sitting cross-legged with a sword across his knees. It is carved of shiny dark green stone. It has stone. to be an Angriel, though, the one that Bale has, has right? Because they're like, when you hold it, it feels he warm. Gets warm. Yeah. He's like, and it never happened to me, which makes you think that the, the dude who is holding it could, could channel. Interesting. That's yes. what I assumed. Yes. What are you doing? Oh, I was going back to that. I was finding the Doman stuff to see if I made any highlights. Uh, I think all my highlights were just like, oh, he got this stuff in Maradon, and that's why they're chasing him. I did highlight yeah, yeah. a small age dark ivory carving of a man holding a sword. I bet it, it comes back later. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, all right, shall we move on? Let's move on. All right. Chapter 10. Hunt begins with a symbol of the horn. So you know we're hunting the horn. Yes. So we must be with Ingtar and the rest of our group. And lo and behold, we're with Rand for his point of view. All right. Ingtar is keeping his group at a fast pace, worrying Rand that the horses might not be able to keep up. Does he think they will be able to find the horn in one day? Rand keeps trying to ride with Matt and Perrin, but when he tries to ride with them in the back, they move front. And when he tries to ride with them in the front, they move back. Ay vey. Uno stops to check some horse <laughs> droppings, announcing that although they are moving quickly, they have not made any gain on them. The Dark Friends are riding their horses hard, but even if they kill their horses, the Trollocs can keep going longer. The Dark Friends seem to be avoiding villages as well. Eventually, Ingtar realizes that the horses can't keep up and switches to dismounting and trotting one mile, then running the next one, and so on. When they settle down to camp for the night, Rand goes for his bags to find a more suitable traveling coat and is horrified to find only more fancy coats. What is Moraine trying to do with them? And great, how is he going to get back in with his friends? Masima is serving food at the fire and seems to deliberately try to spill some on Rand. Uno scolds him, and then Rand goes and joins Ingtar and his friends at the fire. He laments that Uno just keeps looking at him, and it's probably because of his bloody coat. 
And Ingtar is like, no, he probably just wonders if you are worthy of that Huron marked blade. And then Rand is like, well, Masima also acts like he hates me. And Ingtar is like, well, it's because he fought the Aiel, and you look like an Aiel, no matter where Moraine says you're from. Loyal is like, yeah, Rand, remember? I said you look like an Aiel, too. And then we get a little Loyal lesson about the Aiel customs and such. When they leave the next morning, scouts inform Ingtar that they've found an abandoned camp up ahead, probably from last night. They get to the camp, and there's not much to see. It's definitely not too different from a non-Dark Friend camp, but Huron lets us know that murder definitely happened here. Uh, worse than murder. But they're not going south anymore. They're actually now going northeast, maybe to the Blight after all. So Ingtar leads everybody away in hot pursuit, but an hour later, Huron's like, mm, they've changed direction again, and there's been a murder here. And a little ways off, they find the remains of a man in Shinarian clothing. And Ingtar says they will waste no time burying dark friends, and off they go to the south again. Day by day goes on, and Uno's studying the droppings, and he keeps telling them they're gaining a little bit on them, and then they find their abandoned campsites, and there's always a murder, and then frequent changes in direction, and more murders, until they come to the River Erinan. Now, here they come upon the first village that's directly on the trail, and a ferry docked on the opposite bank, and there is no sign of life in the village. Ambush, Uno wonders. They cautiously explore the village, and Perrin says it smells wrong, and Huron gives him a look. Maybe he's worried about his job security? <laughs> Uno thinks he sees a woman in white in a window, but when he checks out the house, there's no one there. Ran asks if the people all ran away when the dark friends came, and Loyal says, mm, no, I definitely think they were probably taken. Huron isn't any more certain about what happened. He smells violence, but not killing exactly. In fact, he's never smelled anything like it. Ingtar sends Regan and Masima to fetch the ferry back and to check out what is waiting for them on the other bank. When they return, Regan is... He is just beyond. And Ingtar needs to see... And he tells Ingtar that he needs to see what he found on the other side for himself. So the first group, including Ingtar, Rand, and his friends, goes across, and then they discover just what Reagan had seen. It's Chengu and Nadal hanging from a tree, having been skinned alive. With no actual proof that they were dark friends and not just kidnapped, Ingtar does stop to bury them. And he even gives them a Shinaran death blessing before moving on, given that they saved Algomar at Tarwin's Gap. Loyal, though, is convinced that they must be dark friends and were the only two who could have killed the guards at the dog gate to let the dark friends into Faldara. But Rand still wonders, then who shot the arrow at him? They move south following the scent. Ingtar mentions in three to four days they will reach the field of Taladar, the site of a great victory for Archer Harkwing against the Shadow, and a monument to all that fell there. Well, the monument isn't there anymore. Uh, yet another victim of the Hundred Years' War that everybody, when everybody fought for pieces of Hawkwing's empire. And we get a history lesson from Ingtar about the fallout of that war and the abandoned lands that are left behind as they're riding through them. After which, they come upon another village that is directly on the trail. This one is as big as Emmons Field, but like the last one, there are no signs of life. Again, Huron can't quite place the smell. Something awful, though, for sure. 
And while some head to the square of the town, Rand enters one of the houses where a table set for a meal seems to have been abandoned mid-serving. He has a vision of the final moments of the family, but before the resolution, a blink and then Rand cannot move and the buzz of the flies are louder. Blink and the vision happens again, exactly the same way, but when it's over, the room is colder and Rand cannot move. He reaches for the void and blink, the same exact vision, and then blink, he's back, freezing, he can't move. Flies are everywhere and he's reaching for the flickering light, tearing at steel cobwebs or stone moonbeams or something, and then the heat is gone. And the small number of flies that were buzzing around the abandoned meal when he got there are now dead. He gets out of the house. He meets up with Matt and Perrin, who say that there was no one in the houses they checked either, when they hear a shout from the town square. There, above a meeting hall, a murderall is nailed across a doorway. Who could do that to a fade, Matt wonders. And they all leave the village as quickly as they can. Oof. Creepy. That chapter is dark, man. So dark. I like forgot how dark this book, these books can can be. Right? Like, there's so much innocence with like the characters and whatever, but like they're fucking dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do you think? What What is this? with Rand in the house in the final scene. I mean, clearly like he's having an experience with the power, but like uh, what's, what what do you think it's land fear? Cause first we see a woman in the white dress in the town before. Yeah. And then here we also, he also talks about like moonbeams and she's like the daughter of the night. So I assume it's her. And I assume she's trying to capture him in some way. Like, that's what the, the, like, steel cobwebs and stuff are. Like, she's trying okay. to trap him in some way. I don't know what she's doing, but that's what I think. I, yes, I, thank you. I did it. Yeah. I think I briefly wondered if maybe it was Landfair in the window, but then I just thought, you know, we get more into, like, ghost territory later on in the books, but, like, you know, I just wasn't oh, yeah, sure, yeah, but yeah. that makes total sense. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Absolutely. And we learned that she's probably free, you know, right. with the writing, the prophecy, yeah. the dark prophecy. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Here's my question about this chapter. Mm-hmm. So do you think, I mean, obviously we know, we find out later that Ingtar is a dark friend. Mm-hmm. Do you think that these other two dudes were also dark friends and yeah. they were just kind of sacrificed well, for this? Uh, I, don't, he, I don't know that they like were Ooh, interesting well my my take on it was that more that they were reluctant dark friends being manipulated by Fane because of the they were his prison guards and you know we saw oh. earlier when Egwene and Rand were okay. in the prison with them that like everything mm-hmm. they just kept their personalities kept getting darker and darker as time yeah, went yeah, on yeah 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 okay so that's what I kind of thought okay interesting yeah, I'll see that. I would see that. I think that makes sense that there were like reluctant dark friends. Yeah. Like, not even necessarily dark friends, but like corrupted. Corrupted. I think that's a good word. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly there were a lot more dark friends in uh, Shinar than anybody thought. But mm-hmm. um, 
you know, it is also interesting that it seems like they ran out of dark friends to feed to the Trollocs, so they, now they have to start busting into villages and stealing all the people. Though we haven't gotten there yet, so we don't actually know yet what's happening to the people, but... Uh, but, we, but we can assume. Yeah. I think even at this point, you can kind of assume. Yeah. Yeah, and I like... You know, there's a point where Ingtar starts talking about I think it's when he talks, I think it's, I forget when he's talking about it, but like, it's in this chapter where he is like, he talks with such fervor about like needing to get the horn back and like, you know, I think we're already starting to see that he's trying to come back to the light. He's trying to redeem himself in some way. Oh, yeah. And I forgot there's definitely like all the stuff that he goes into about Taladar and like, the abandoned cities afterwards, it kind of like felt for me like it was almost like a why he's a dark friend moment. Do you know what I mean? Oh, what do you, I don't think I remember that part exactly. Uh, where is it? Oh, so like the part where he's like uh, talking about Harid Dakar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, where's the part that I'm like really... So when he's like, you say they failed, Builder? Yes, they failed. And what nation standing hold today will fail tomorrow. Mm. We are being swept away, humankind. Oh, swept yeah. away like flotsam on a flood. How long until there is nothing left but the borderlands? How long before we go to go under and there's nothing left but Trollocs and Murdral all the way to the Sea of Storms? Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it's like the hard life of these borderlands. You know, it does seem like a place where even though, like, they're tasked with, like, fighting against the dark, like, there is a certain hopelessness mm-hmm. underlying it. And it, it kind of yeah, seems like he got year. into that. Yeah. No, I like that. Especially when every year the blight keeps growing, right? It keeps encroaching on them. And so I'm sure, like, you just feel so defeated and you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And but I, I, you know, I do think he's trying to come back to the light. And I, I, you know, I think we're starting to see how conflicted he is. And that's why he wants he wants to give the two guards, you know, he wants to give Chengu and other dude uh, a proper Shinarian burial. Also, love the Shinarian burial. Right. So I want to be buried. Yeah, for sure. Body into the ground. In the ground. Yeah. You can become a tree now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, you can definitely see, like, the little seeds of of Ingtar's redemption, but also why. It's powerful stuff, and we're getting so much history. So much history. All kind of, like, goes over your head the first time. (laughs) You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is so interesting now. Um, Well, and I think it also, like, that stuff about Arthur Hawkwing and like you know but which of these nations stands now and which is going to go away like it just it, it further reinforces that theme of like the wheel you know the wheel keeps turning and what was will be again and what is will fade and um I just that's like such a power I mean obviously it's such a powerful theme in the book it's like the whole it's the whole thing um and I just, uh, I, I, I really, I just really, I really 
enjoyed that. And I think, you know, what the books managed to do for me that the TV show hasn't is that, like, there is so much history. There's so much to learn. Like, there's so much. It's so deep on top of, like, a really great story. Right? It's very layered. It's very nuanced. Yeah. Also, we're assuming that Fade, I mean, we're assuming that Fane killed the Merdral, right? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. He, he's the something worse, right? Oh, he's for sure the something yeah. worse. So he's, yeah. yeah, he's definitely he's like, like Mortith at this point. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he's, uh, he definitely did that. It's like, what can yeah. do that to a Fade? Oh, that guy. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> he's a real creepy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that was fun. I'm really enjoying this book. I know. It's so good. Yeah. I love how dark it is. Yeah. I was surprised by that that chapter. And like, yeah, like the, like, just like watching the boys have to go through that. Like they're definitely all getting scarred for life and they're definitely all like going like through this. Like, you know, we'll see how this affects them like later on down the line. So yeah, I yeah. Also, real quick, can we talk about like Matt's such a fucking baby though? Like, just talk to your friends. Like, come on. I know, I know that all that stuff like bugs me so much because it's just like, look, he's he's tried to apologize like eight times. Like, are you just gonna like? Come on, you guys. Come on. Yeah. You- although, although we have to remember, they are pretty young and like emotionally young. And I definitely was like dumb at that age. Had had no like, but I was not emotionally mature either. <laughs> I try to keep that in mind. But yeah, I guess yeah. yeah that no, that's definitely true. I'm just wondering. It's like- hard to read it as like. You know, me in my late 30s, you in your early 40s, right? Like, we're (laughs) – we've been through enough that we're like, just talk it out. (laughs) Yeah. But notice, 90-year-old Loyal's like, no no problem, dude. We all do it. (laughs) You humans are so rash. (laughs) Yeah. But also, like, I imagine that, like, not much bothers Loyal. Oh, yeah. Nothing, really. He's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's just like a, I think of him as like a, you know, he's got the personality of like a St. Bernard or something. Aw. Like just kind of, like very sweet. Yeah. Right? Like, he's just, he's just really, just easy going. Yeah. You know, just here to be friends with everybody. Yeah. Loyal's great. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. All right. Well, well. So, so next next, next yeah. time, what are we reading? Well, I guess we're reading the next three chapters, whatever those are. Let's check it out. Uh, number eleven, glimmers of the pattern. Number twelve, mm-hmm. woven in the pattern. And mm-hmm. uh, number thirteen, from stone to stone. So. <gasps> oh. Whoa! Oh, what's that? I remember, I remember what happens in that chapter. Ooh, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, we have so many chapters to go. There's 50 chapters in this book, and we are only <laughs> on 11 through 13. Um, so that's what we're reading next time. If you want to read along with us, you have plenty of time to read three chapters in two weeks. You got it. We got it. You got it. And they're so good. How can you put it down? My problem is stopping. Ah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. As I, I, I literally have two other books that I'm reading at the same time because I'm like, ah, yeah. ah I have to force myself to put it down because it's so good. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Thank you all so much for listening to us. Please tell your friends and families and neighbors and coworkers, tell everyone you know. And we really appreciate you being here. We'll see you next time. And until then, may you find water and shade.